Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? There are things that go bump in the night. Listen to them. Children of the night. They're coming to get you, Barbara. What music they make. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. We all go a little mad sometimes. There are rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. Bad rum! Red rum! Number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. They're here! Hi, I'm Jackie, wanna play? And here's Johnny! I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Matu, Marada, <laughs> Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I'll be right back. Oh! Hello there. It's Obi John Kenobi coming to you with a brand new nerd alert, and this is it. This is the official kickoff. Spooky season is here. Ooh. Whoa. Spooky. Cookie crisp. <laughs> Not even count chocolate cookie crisp. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, yes, we are kicking off spooky season, our favorite time of the year. Uh, I hope you like episodes about spooky stuff because that's all you're getting the next four weeks. So uh, strap in. Here we go. We're going to kick things off. Uh, with kind of giving you our recommendations for what we think you should be watching this spooky season and not just the usual stuff. You know, we're not just going to, oh, Friday the 13th, you should watch that. Oh, Nightmare. No, No, we're going to give you some movies that A, you might not have heard of, B, you might have forgotten about, and and C, just do not get the love they deserve uh, for various reasons, which we'll get into in the show. But before we get into all that, let me introduce the rest of the crew who's going to help me discuss the hidden horror gems we think deserve more love. First up, ladies and gentlemen, my right-hand man, the man who keeps the nerd in the top nerdy to me network. Welcome to the bridge, Commander Scott. So I don't I don't know if this, this actually constitutes a nerd fact, but uh, it, it came across my feed today, actually, and... Uh, uh, I was I was quite I was I was quite smitten with this little. Well, if it came across it, your feed, there's a good chance it's nerdy. I don't know. So when I say things come across my feed, what I mean is they they come across like my my iFunny, you know, you know the the apps that give you memes and stuff on a daily basis, and they come through in like a meme form, and I try to verify, you know, against a reputable source before I bring them here. But this one, so <laughs> in April of 1984 apparently a young man named andy smith from irmo south carolina who was at the time in seventh grade uh wrote the president of the united states a letter now this is not uncommon the president of the united states gets letters from students and kids all the time you know um 
but I thought it was funny as hell because not only did he did it get to the president, but he actually did write him back. So I looked the actual letter up. April 18th, 1984. Dear Mr. President, my name is Andy Smith. I am a seventh grade student at Irmo Middle School in Irmo, South Carolina. Today, my mother declared my bedroom a disaster area. I would like to request federal funds to hire a crew to clean up my room. I am prepared to provide initial funds if you will provide matching funds for this project. I know you will be fair when considering my request. I will be awaiting your reply. Sincerely yours, Andy Smith. On May 11th, 1984, President Ronald Reagan wrote him back. Dear Andy, I'm sorry to be so late in answering your letter, but as you know, I've been in China and found your letter upon my return. Your application for disaster relief has been duly noted, but I must point out one technical problem. The authority declaring the disaster is supposed to make the request, in this case, your mother. However, setting that aside, I ha I'll have to point out the larger problem of available funds. This has been a year of disasters, 539 hurricanes as of May 4th and several more since, numerous floods, forest fires, drought in Texas, and a number of earthquakes. What I am getting at is that funds are dangerously low. May I make a suggestion? This administration, believing that government has done many things that could better be done by volunteers at the local level, has sponsored a private sector initiative program calling upon people to practice volunteerism in the solving of a number of local problems. Your situation appears to be a natural. I'm sure your mother was fully justified in proclaiming your room a disaster. Therefore, you are in an excellent position to launch another volunteer program to go along with the more than 3,000 already underway in our nation. Congratulations. Give my best regards to your mother. Sincerely, Ronald Reagan. I don't know why, but I just love this whole exchange. <laughs> the kid gets an A for effort. <laughs> I mean, he does. Take outside the box. Take the time and initiative to write a letter to the president. You know, not a tweet or an X or whatever. <laughs> you know, he, did, nope. he actually sat down and wrote a letter, put yep. a stamp on it, sent it off. And not only did it, I mean, of course, obviously it gets delivered to the White House because the, the Postal Service is going to get it that far. And right. obviously the president is not, you know, the president is not opening and reading every bit of mail addressed to the president because it's just way too much. He has a team of people that does this for him and everything. And I, I think at the time, I think Ronald Reagan's position was like when it came to students, like he was given like 30 a week, like like his his staff was, you know. 30 a week get to me pick out the best 30 so you know the top 30 student uh um letters from you know that that time period within that week or two weeks whatever the period was made it to his desk uh and then he actually sat down and wrote back i thought that was just funny as hell that's awesome that was i was funny. i was just wondering too like i was gonna ask do you think he wrote back or do you think it was like a staffer that read this and thought it was funny enough to get a response. Uh, from from what I've been able to gather, this the Ronald Reagan sat down and and drafted this reply himself. I hope whoever this what's his name again, Andy Smith. I hope Andy Smith of Bumfuck, Ir South Carolina, Irmo, South Carolina. He has this framed on his wall somewhere, and like 
people are like, what the hell is that? Oh, it's my letter from the president. He actually works for FEMA now. (laughs) (laughs) I've been trying to find, like, where Andy Smith is today, but I've had no luck thus far. But, yeah. He's in prison for drugs. (laughs) Wow. Just, wow, Jay. Okay, so finishing out this terrible trio, ladies and gentlemen, joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via a DeLorean, it's the Doc. Yeah. So, uh, so I had a, I had an interesting end to my, uh, hey, recast these movies. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Welcome to the next uh, segment of our recurring segment on this show. It's brand new. Uh, this is. Shit, Jay's kid said. <laughs> so, uh, they, uh, they, they did a, some of them did a pretty good job of, of putting characters in places. But, uh, one thing I wish that they would do is when they Googled actors and actresses, which I commend them for Googling actors and actresses and getting names and putting people in places that made sense. Uh, one of them for, uh, the studio manager in Singing in the Rain, RF, I can't think of his last name, but the, the head of the studio. Uh, this is a great pick, by the way. Unfortunately, they're dead. Uh, they wanted Walter Matthau to play the head of the, the studio. Missed it uh, by that much. I was like, hey, he he would have been a great comedic twist to an already funny movie. But uh, now, now, did you tell your kids these actors had to be living? I did. I did. Okay. I, I did try to specify. Hey, I, well, I guess I wasn't explicit enough in my detail, but um, I said if you're making the movie in 2023. Ah, okay. And uh, yeah, but also I had another one that was a swing and a miss. Um, one of them wanted uh, Patrick Swayze to be in their movie, and uh, well. That's not going to happen either. They just go right past that birth and death uh, on IMDb, don't they? Just go right yeah. past that. So, I mean, it'd be nice if they they looked uh, into it. Oh, also, you guys will appreciate this one. We just started watching, um, just started watching True Grit, uh-huh. the 1969 one with John Wayne. Right. And uh, it started and it was playing. We watched. We watched like about. 30 minutes of it yesterday and then i had i didn't have my full class today so we didn't continue it but uh one student said to me i don't know who john wayne is wow and i was like that is again these these students were born in 2010 2011 yes i can't be mad at the kids for not Fair. knowing who John Wayne is. Yeah, yeah. That's a fair statement. So I was just like... I mean, we grew up with cable TV and we saw the Duke left, right, and center. And they don't have that anymore, so... Yeah, and when I said, oh, he he won a, an Oscar for Best Actor in this picture. And they're like, which one's John Wayne? And I was like, that guy. It's Rooster Cogburn, that guy. Main character right there, that guy. He's John Wayne. That's the guy. Well, just so wrong. That has been the world according to middle schoolers with Jay. (laughs) Or whatever we decide to call this recurring topic. 
<laughs> Thanks for the update, Jay. Hey, no problem. Anytime. Uh, now, like I said at the top of the show, our actual topic this week, uh, we're going to be highlighting uh, horror movies specifically that uh, are, like I said, maybe you've never heard of them. Maybe they kind of got lost by the wayside, but movies that we think deserve more attention. They deserve a second glance, uh, a second chance to prove they've got whatever it takes to stand out among the crowd, even if they have to shout out loud. Apparently, at this point, it, it needs to be uh, John Wayne movies. Shit. <laughs> we can do that episode later. Uh, okay. Uh, that being said, uh, who wants to start this off? Jay, this was, was it Jay or was it Scott's topic? It's Scott's topic. If Scott wants okay. to start us off, he can. It's Scott it's gets right or first refusal. This, this was my topic? Yes. Are you all sure about the, that? According to the chat conversation, yes. Yeah, you all keep thinking I say things, but I don't think I say things. I don't know what's going on. Okay, you typed in the chat. How's that? <laughs> anyway, uh, yes. well, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and start because, um, and I think this movie popped into my head, uh, and it's what prompted the, um, uh, the topic idea, and I forget what what caused this movie to pop back into the forefront of my my brain because it was like you know i really like that movie and i haven't seen it for a while i should should watch it again it just popped in there it just popped in there it did where Um, do these stairs go they go up (laughs) um but no so one of my one of my favorite movies and and i wish it had done better because um I, i would like to have seen more with this character but uh uh, 1995, uh, Lord of Illusions. I don't know if if either of you all have actually seen this movie. I have not. I have not. Uh, I have. And, yeah, and once, once. again, it's, it's it's not surprising because it 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 gets no love. People forget it exists. So it, it's Clive Barker, first and foremost. Um, and uh, it's his adaptation of a short story he did in 1985 called the last illusion um and so he's he 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 wrote the screen adaptation he directed it this was after he started doing his own you know he he started kind of heading up his own adaptations because the first couple of movies that were adapted from his works he didn't like um which is odd because even like the first one he did which was the first hellraiser he ultimately didn't like either (laughs) and produced the 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 newest one which was supposed to be a more faithful adaptation but uh but this one's so it it stars first of all it stars scott bacula as a a supernatural detective like a a private eye in the kind of in that you know quasi world of things shit that you know don't make sense um and uh, uh uh clive barker did several uh, short stories, novellas, novels with uh, Harry D'Amour, which is the the name of the the character, and uh, um, I, it, basically there's a, a, a magician, which is you know his illusions are well real. It's real magic that he's using, which is why they're so great. And Scott Bakula gets pulled into this this whole. Uh, world of magic and magicians and demons and and clive barker weird eye gouging pulling you know 
stabbing things. Body horror. Body horror because Clive Barker is huge into body horror and and you know, I, uh, but I I love Clive Barker. So um, uh, yeah, it it really goes into weird some some weird stuff. Whether you watch the original cut or the director's cut, the does it help the movie make any more sense? There, there, there's like a scene that was cut that when they put the director's cut back out, it got put back in, which added about like seven more minutes of footage or something like that. Um, um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, Lord of Illusions, if you've never seen it, I, especially if you're a fan of Hellraiser, you know, and, and of course Clive Barker, but if you're a fan of Clive Barker, you've probably seen it, I guess. I, I was loaned a copy from a former coworker. I remember thinking I liked Scott Bakula as like the private eye. And I was like, okay, this is an interesting setup. Okay, this could be cool. Let's go. And then the movie goes off the rails pretty quick from it what was. I recall. Yeah. Um, was Nightbreed, was that Clive Barker as well? Yes. Okay. That was, that was one of the early adaptations he wasn't participating in. So I'm like one for four on my Clive Barker movies. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed Hellraiser. I enjoyed parts of Hellraiser 2. I didn't care for Nightbreed. Granted, I haven't seen I know there's like a super extended uh, director's cut that's supposed to be a masterpiece, but I don't think I've I don't think that's the version I saw unless it was the version Joe Bob showed. Uh, I couldn't really quite get into that. Again, like the, the premise sounds cool and then just the execution kind of let me down. And same with this one. Like the premise sounds cool. Okay, private eye investigating like a because isn't he isn't he like a Vegas like illusionist kind of guy? It's in uh, Vegas, right? Or yeah, am I mixing yeah. this with something uh, else? It may be in Vegas, yeah. But but the person he's investigating, yeah, is like a a uh, uh, what's his name? The guy that made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Copperfield. Uh, yeah, like a David Copperfield, like you know, Siegfried and Roy kind of guy. Siegfried and Roy, yeah, the illusionist and stuff. And he starts investigating it. And he gets pulled into this world of demonic packs and cults and dark you know, magic and dark yeah. magic yeah exactly and so, on paper okay cool it sounds like an interesting premise and i'll watch scott bacula and anything because he's the greatest starship captain ever but uh <laughs> yeah i just I, I i just again your mileage may vary wildly uh you may be a huge clive barker fan and haven't heard of this or you may enjoy his his you may love hellraiser but haven't quite dipped a toe in all the other clive, clive barker stuff there is to check out but uh it's so, not quite my cup of tea. So here's something for you, and I haven't, I haven't, I haven't gone through this, but I'm okay. curious now. Um, is that uh, uh, there were comic books apparently published by Boom Studios? Okay, um, where Boom Studios did a lot of adaptation of the the Harry D'Amour stuff, and. Uh, According to what I've got, the 2012, in 2012, the cover for Hellraiser number 18 used the actor Thomas Jane as the model for Harry D'Amour. And as much as I like Scott Bakula, now I'm really wanting to see Thomas Jane in like a, a Harry D'Amour story, you know. doing. He's the, a great space detective. He is a great space detective. He is. Jay, you look a little confused there. What, uh, what, what, what you thinking about Lord of Illusions here? Based on what we've said, sounds illusiony. 
Okay. Don't know exactly what that means, but sure. I, I was honestly, I was trying to think of a joke to tie in uh, the two different spellings of uh, and meanings of illusion, and I just couldn't find a reference. Two different spellings and meanings of illusion? You mean illusion and illusion? Because yeah. two different words. And I just yeah. couldn't find a reference. That, that would be because they're two completely different words and have nothing to do with yeah. each other. Yeah. Yeah, because it's you know illusion. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't find a reference. Okay, that's what are you alluding to? <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch there, but we'll give it to you. You don't pay me for my looks, all right? Let's put it. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes and the Servants of Hell. Sorry, Scott just got distracted. Okay, Jay, do you want to take the next one? <laughs> sure. As I take a sip, yeah, John's what the hell? Alcohol. It's a great time for a drink there. Sure, I'll talk. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I had, to, I had to whet my whistle. Cool whip. Okay. So, I don't know if it's lesser known. I don't know if it's underappreciated. I feel like it's underappreciated. I feel like it didn't have all the pop and what is it pop and circumstance or whatever pop and circumstance yeah, yeah. pomp that a lot P-O-M-P. pomp 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 and circumstance as a lot of other movies in the horror genre uh so 2002 directed by Danny Boyle starring Cillian Murphy Naomi Harris Christopher Eccleston and uh, Brendan Gleeson would be some big names in this one. Uh, and that movie would be 28 Days Later. Yeah, I've heard, thing, I've heard things about this movie. I've never seen it. because It scared of the shit out of me. I saw it in theaters. It's like... It's right up there with the remake of uh, Dawn of the Dead with kickstarting the whole zombie thing. We couldn't get yeah. at it for like a decade and a half. Uh, so I looked it up. Um, it had a budget of only eight million dollars and a box office of eighty four million. Uh, yep. So that's pretty decent. And uh, it was like I remember seeing trailers for it, but like not widespread. And I went to go see it in theaters with my friend Bob. Um, and I just remember being like, oh, my God, these zombies are fast. Like. That was the most terrifying part of it, and um, it has a good like has a it has a good story, but it also has kind of like a deeper meaning and like sort of like the whole the the climax of it at the end at the the uh, mansion where she's like I'm just gonna kill you like if you're infected you're done and she pauses for a brief second and it's just one of those things that like. I don't know, it really hit home, and it was one of those when shit hits the fan, what kind of shit will hit the fan? Um, because you think the military's there to help you, but these guys were not. Um, well, it, it it's kind of the greatest hits of zombie movie tropes. Granted, at the time, we weren't all aware of what all these tropes were, because except for, like, George Romero, nobody was making zombie movies. But uh, it, it has that amazing, iconic opening act of because the main character literally is, is in a coma. Yeah. And wakes up in a hospital after the fall of civilization. 
And if you're saying, hey, that's Walking Dead, yeah, well, they did it first. Um, um, also, the like the the first scene of them letting the the monkeys free and getting attacked, and then it's just like 28 days later, and the guy, then he just waits. Cillian Murphy just wakes up. It it starts out with a bang. You're like, what's going on here? Um, and the, the the zombies in this movie, I don't think they ever call them zombies because they're 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 infected. Yeah, they're, they are to zombies what like vampires in the Blade series are, in, in that they're not like the stereotypical like rotting corpse coming at you. Like they're they're literally they've literally been infected by the rage virus. Is that what yeah. you called it? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was it was the first movie to give us like full on sprinting fast coming at you zombies. Uh, again, not really zombies, but yeah, yeah, people who are this thing gets in you and you just get taken over by like bloodlust and rage, and just go crazy. Yes. Um, yeah, no, that's a it's solid. It's got a great sequel too. Uh, I've I've seen part. I've never seen it. Uh, no, twenty eight weeks later, I think is what it is. I didn't hear Scott's joke. Sorry. Oh, he said twenty nine days later. Yes. I tried. It didn't work. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, also, careful if you're looking it up. Don't confuse this with Sandra Bullock, 28 <laughs> Days. Uh, yeah. Two very different movies, okay? Well, yeah, yeah. And I think... A whole different movie. Uh, I honestly think that this is a really good cast put together. Um, and, like, at the time, I don't think Cillian Murphy was that well-known. Because I remember seeing... Like, I remember when I saw Batman Begins and I was like, oh, shit, that's the guy from 28 Days Later. Um, For anyone outside of the UK, I'm pretty sure that was the first thing we ever saw Cillian Mur- or Killian, whatever his name is, Murphy in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, and, uh, is, it, is Naomi Harris in this one? I think yeah. the correct actress. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before she blew up huge. Um, Christopher Eccleston, which if you don't know the name, you'd, you'd recognize the face. The, uh, the ninth doctor. Same with um, is in this movie. Yeah. yeah, he's Same the head Brendan of the. Like, they eventually run into some some military personnel who've taken over a mansion. Yeah, and he's the major or something like that, the guy in charge. Yeah. Um, and then Brendan Gleeson, you'd know him again if you saw his face. Uh, trying to think if what he's been in that people would know him from, but he's uh, Mad Eye Moody in uh, Mad Eye Moody. Yep. Yeah, Scott, you uh, would love this uh, movie. Yeah, if you've never seen it, Scott, I'm gonna bring you a copy tomorrow. It's a great yeah, movie. I've I've never seen it because in all honesty, I I tend to shy away from zombie stuff. Yeah. Um this one's is, good. It is it is both atypical of zombie movies and also like runs the full playbook of zombie movies. Because yeah. spoiler, in the end, it's humans who are really the monsters. <gasps> spoiler. I know. No zombie movie's ever done that. Wait, stop, scratch that, reverse it. Every zombie movie in the history of zombie movies has done that. That's right. So, bastards. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> no, I was looking up, as I was looking this up, um, uh, the director, Danny Boyle, he's done a lot. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Danny <laughs> Yeah, that's my first one, 28 Days it's a, Later. It's a good first pick, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to watch it. Uh, once again, never seen it. Um, the sequel is really the sequel is 28 weeks later. It has a um uh a young um wow my mind is from blank hawkeye. 
the hell is yeah. that actor's Jeremy name? Jeremy Renner. Thank you. God bless. Yeah, okay. Jer- a young Jeremy Renner. It's 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 twenty eight weeks later, and uh, a detachment of like U.S. military is coming to help kind of clean up uh, uh, England. I think. Uh, they, after, yeah, like, they've initial... they've like uh, they've set like a like a safe Quarantine zone in yeah. London and. Um, yeah, I mean, I I know you 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 kept talking about the cast in this, and you said the name Cillian Murphy several times. Uh, I didn't realize until I looked up the IMDb who Cillian Murphy was. <laughs> Oppenheimer. Yeah, and uh, the Peaky Blinders guy and uh, yeah. Scarecrow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, Scott. It's I I do feel like you'd like it. I feel like, and if you don't, I'm sorry. I'll I'll provide you with bourbon the next time i see you to make up for you not liking it in that case i hate it this is a shitty yeah movie. Well, don't ever put that out there <laughs> this is a shitty movie send me bourbon <laughs> need more iowa bourbon send it soon this i think it, i gotta find some news you've tried everything in iowa i think we, we liked it send more what was it cody rhodes is that the one that you I, really i do need another bottle of cody rhodes that is that was actually some some decent bourbon that was almost out too Anyway, keeping the trend rolling of numbered movies, Jay. Yeah. Uh, my first one also has numbers in the title. Uh, it also has days, in a count of days in the title. Uh, this is from 2007. This is an adaptation of one of my favorite graphic novels. Um, it is a. It did well at the box office and well enough to, to spawn some like direct-to-video sequels, but nothing proper, which is disappointing because the comic book itself had several sequels to it. Uh, it built kind of a cool mythology. Uh, but in 2007, okay, this is like peak Twilight era, okay, when the world needed to be reminded that vampires aren't sparkly pretty boys, they're things to be feared, we got 30 Days of Night starring... Uh, Josh Hartnett, and Melissa George, Ben Foster, and the young Manu Bennett, pre-Deathstroke. Um, so the, the plot is very simple. Uh, it, it, it's based on a real thing that happens in Alaska, a town called Barrow, Alaska, for 30 days, has no sunlight. Um, because of that, a group of vampires decide they're going to set themselves up a nice... 30-day extended all-you-can-eat human buffet. Uh, so they send in Ben Foster, who's their familiar, to sort of strategically take out, like, cell towers, um, take out vehicles, basically cut off this town's means of escape and calling for help before the vampires descend, and it becomes a, a vicious, bloody fight for survival. The, the vampires in this movie uh, were described as um, sharks out for blood. Uh, they are just vicious, mean fuckers. Um, it's it's great. It's brutal. It's violent. It's everything you want. It's scary. It's everything you want vampires to be. They're threatening. Um, when we finally see our hero, maybe kind of get an idea of how he could take one out. It's a huge triumph of holy crap! He killed a vampire, uh, as opposed to you know other movies where you take him out like it's nothing. Uh, it made them threatening. It made them scary. It's a really interesting premise. Um, it does drag a little bit towards the middle, I won't lie, because you get into that kind of survival horror mentality of trying to find a safe place and, and get supplies and just wait them out, just wait them out, and it's not going to work. Um, but if you haven't seen it, it's one of the best vampire movies in the past two decades, easily. Um, again, an interesting new kind of take on vampires. Um, 
just a just a great just we needed this like you know vampire culture was was skewing super and rice romantic uh uh you know seductress kind of vampires and then this movie came along and was like nope they're just vicious blood suckers with big teeth bam feral Loved it. It, it almost reminds me so i've not i've not seen this one either this, this is one that that you know once again we're talking about stuff that you know doesn't get a lot of love so i you know but just looking at the images and stuff here, it, it feels like some of the images I'm getting uh, from the movie, as far as the vampire images, I, I'm getting a almost a supernatural treatment of vampires vibe, which feels like the supernatural vampires could have been inspired a bit by this. Definitely, definitely. You know, um, whereas they're they're more, you know, uh, feral. They're animalistic. Yeah, yeah you know. Uh, they can dial it back a bit. There is a cool concession made where the, the vampires have their own language and that's all they speak throughout the movie is their own vampire. It's subtitled, obviously, but, uh, the, just a bit of, of there's more to them than just being, you know, feral beasts, but also like when they're hungry, they're just going to be feral beasts. Uh, I, I, I do have to point out, um, cause I called out that this movie came along right when twilight was at its peak and we really needed some some you know good old-fashioned scary badass vampires um i I do have to preface that with uh, a couple years after this movie the director guy named david slade did indeed direct twilight eclipse so nice you win some you lose some Um, no no he did fine now, when I found that out, I about shit a brick. I was uh, I was at uh, Whitney's mom's house for Christmas because Jordan, my sister-in-law, huge Twilight fan, and she had it on. And I was like, well, why are we watching Twilight? And I was looking at the back of the case, you know, to do anything other than watch Twilight. And I was like, wait, David Slade? This can't be the same David Slade. Hold on, hold on. IMDb did like, oh my God, really? Hope you got paid a lot, bud. I'll take back some of those things I said about you. Um... Yeah, I I maybe I need to go back and watch this movie again, but and the thing that sticks out to me and don't tar and feather me for saying this, I wasn't a huge fan of this movie, mostly because of the way it ended. The sun coming up and all the vampires dying. That's not no. how it ends. <clears throat> how how. Mm. Scott, earmuffs. How did you want it to end? I I don't know. I just like... Uh... We take out the main vampire because he turned himself because it's the only way they can figure out to kill one is to become one. That's awesome. And then he has that romantic like him and his his his, his estranged wife or touching things or parent patching things up again, but it's too late now. I got to go off into the sunset. Come on, dude. Uh... Horror movies can't have happy endings, Jay. I didn't want a happy ending. I just didn't. I don't know. (laughs) It's the one thing that sticks with me. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Scott, put your ears back on. Put your, put your cans back on. That's when I said, if I hadn't. See, if you're going to do the joke, you can't stumble over it. If I had, if it hadn't been for my horse, he would have never led me to that water. 
And he wouldn't have worn a bathing suit. That, to, to stop, swim. stop. No, you ruined it by trying to make it funnier, and you made it made sense, which kills the joke. <laughs> and then I threw a rock in a glass house. With Scott, the... give us your next pick, please. He's, just, well, he's not going to stop. Real, real, real quick. Uh, <laughs> so I was looking at some of the trivia for, for 30 Days of Night, yeah. and uh, according to David Slade, Sam Raimi was originally slated to direct the film. I and think Raimi ended up as a producer. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah, he opted to just produce. He went into just a producer role, but like early, early on in the production, he was attached as director. And wow, that would be an interesting, interesting movie. So the question becomes: If Sam Raimi had directed, what role would Bruce Campbell have been, and where would the car show up? I can answer both, but you need to watch the movie first. All right. Well, we'll put a pin in that. We'll come back okay. to that in a later episode, and such. So. Well, um, apparently I'm the only one that doesn't have any zombie movies on his on his picks at all for for these things. I don't have any zombie movies. Sorry, that was vampires. That was vampires. <laughs> any zombies were vampires. How about that? Zombie okay. vampires. Zombie vampires. There you go. Zombie vampires. Vampires are already kind of zombies. They're undead. Bam zombies. Um, anyway, no, so uh, my my next movie that I love that once again, a lot of times gets overlooked. People forget about it. Flies. It, it originally flew under the radar, uh, but um, has since developed a bit of a cult following. OK, I want to preface this with if you're a first time listener, <laughs> Scott has a very bad habit of not learning a movie exists. <laughs> Uh, until years afterwards, we, we did it. We once did an episode about it's kind of the same topic as little known gems. And Scott pitched There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Which we're like, yeah, the movie that won Best Picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. So, Wait, so <laughs> whenever Scott brings up a little known, there's always that part of the back of my head that's like, what's <laughs> like, I'm waiting for the. Have you guys, did you guys know they made a sequel to Evil Dead like a year ago? <laughs> Evil Dead Rise? Did you guys yeah, hear about yeah. this? No, 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 no. This this movie has okay, to do with, okay. with exorcism and a little girl being possessed and stuff. No one's ever heard of this film. You know, Max von Sydow and stuff. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm joking. This uh, gem from the 70s that no one talks about. No one has ever heard of. <laughs> that we're not planning an entire episode about later this month. No, 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 no. This one, uh, it's developed a bit of a cult following, but I, I honestly think this constitutes something that literally flew under the radar back when it was released 1987 <coughs> uh, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson no? still still not enough? still not enough? Lawrence Fishburne Paul W.S. Anderson so the, okay okay like there's one or two ways this is gonna go <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne oh I know now Steel. the one good movie he made yes continue the, please I, I don't know I don't know what else he did but uh, Sam uh, Sean Pertwee uh, great movie, uh, Event Horizon. Um, Friggin' terrifying. It's a beautiful movie. This is a great movie. It's a great horror movie. Uh, it's set in the not-too-distant or distant future. I don't know if the timeline has ever actually like, like established what year it is, but it's in the future. It's set in space. Um, I would disagree that it's a sci-fi movie. Uh, I guess some people may attribute that that to it a little bit, but this is straight up a horror movie. I mean, this is this is straight up 
So, I mean, you've got Sam Neill comes aboard this 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 ship of um, they're they're like uh, outer space. Um, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like they they go and rescue stranded ships and stuff. search and rescue. Well, not search and rescue, recovery, like like not okay. salvage, but they are they're a rescue crew. Not so much search because usually they know exactly where they're going. Like they're, they're getting a distress call or whatever. Anyway, a rescue crew. And Sam Neill, because uh, they've just jumped, uh, they've come out of of, of cryo because there's no FTL technology in this uh, at this point. In fact, what they're going after is a ship called the Event Horizon, which was a prototype FTL ship. That when the FTL drive was activated as part of its initial, like it, its first practical test as far as a ship, it disappeared. It was gone. No one knew where it went. No one knew what happened to it. Now all of a sudden, boom, without warning, it's back and it's broadcasting a uh, a distress signal. So they're going out. Lawrence Fishburne is the captain of the rescue crew. Um, he's pissed off because they got pulled off of R&R to, to come do this job. And uh, as he states, or, you know, right in act, opening act one to set the tone. Last time we tried to rescue this far out, we lost both crews. So, you know, it gives you that whole, you know, the, the peril and everything. But then literally, and this is probably why I like it. Once you get into the meat of what's going on, it goes full on Lovecraft, Clive Barker, supernatural body horror, you know, surrealistic like like people eating people and like orgies and and shit like that not explicit but you know um well it was but we lost that footage so uh, that's true is uh because because sam neil wasn't he the wasn't he the designer of the ship or the 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 designer of the drive yeah yeah the, the, the 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 ship was was a test bed for yeah I've once heard it put this way, and I think it's a great description of this movie. If Alien is a slasher movie in space, yeah. Event Horizon is the old dark house in space. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you've got you've got full on ghosts and hallucinations and possession and like all the 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 the, the really great fun things about horror. That's not just straight up. Here's a Here's a sharp instrument, and I'm going to cut somebody with it. Uh, slasher shit is is in this movie, and I love this movie, and I want to go watch this movie right now. It is a masterpiece. Like Jay's theory, I remember watching this when I was a kid, and like just feeling my heart racing. Yeah, it's uh, like I wouldn't even. I don't even. I never watched this as a kid. I watched it as an adult, and I'm like, this is. I know. Like, <laughs> I want to watch it again, but no. It. Uh, uh, it's so the set, in the best ways and like, uh, yeah, sorry. The set design, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to overtime. The set design on this is fantastic because the, the there's two ships. The, the Lewis and Clark is the rescue ship yep. and it's very like straight out of alien, like very, yeah. uh, um, um, lived in. It, yeah, lived in it. it yeah. It's uh, utilitarian. utilitarian, nothing fancy. Well, yeah. And then you get to, the event horizon and not that it's like fancy but literally sets on event horizon are made to look like okay what if we had a gothic cathedral in space 
Well, in all honesty, so it's it's interesting that you men- mentioned that the Lewis and Clark, the 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 aesthetics of it are very you know uh, like alien because I think this whole movie aesthetically is somewhat alien aliens in nature because the the set the sets on Event Horizon are very what HR Geiger is that his name? Well, Geiger who did the alien, the guy that did the <laughs> spaceship stuff was um, uh, Ronald Cobb. No, yeah, but no, no, the, no, no. The alien, the HR. Yeah, the HR yeah, that's Giger. Yeah, yeah. Like if you if you asked him to design the interior of a spaceship, uh, I kind of feel like it would come out something like this. I, I'm not saying he did this, but I, I feel like it's 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 inspired by his visuals. The the movie is definitely uh, a love letter to Alien, and, and Paul W S Anderson will tell you that because he's a huge Alien fan. This is the movie that got him the Alien vs Predator gig. Um. Is, is his love for for alien uh I wish so yeah, you no. alien versus predator this dark we're not gonna open that can of worms today <laughs> but uh look when it comes to paul worthless shit anderson this is one oh, of two man. movies i wholeheartedly unironically recommend yeah you should watch it's a fun movie uh and this is this is this is the exception to the rule of the rest of his filmography uh, you look at the other crap he made, and it's like, oh wow, how does this guy keep being working? Like, wait, he did Event Horizon? No, no. So the reverse of finding out David Yates did a, did a Twilight movie. Uh, no, great, great pick, Scott. Yeah, I, I love this movie. It, it's it's one of my my top favorite movies of all time, and uh, I mean, I well, not only for the for the horror of it because it's right up my alley as far as horror, but like. The science in it is decently grounded. I think this is the origin of the explanation of wormhole travel with the take a piece of paper, put two dots on it, then fold the piece of paper and poke a hole through it that everyone repeats. That's the first time I ever saw it in a movie. It's not the origin. Okay, the origin in movies. In the I, I can't I cannot attest to the origin in movies, but the piece of paper fold two dots i first heard it uh in fifth grade when i read uh, a wrinkle in time because it because that's the okay. visual that's used in a wrinkle in time to okay. to describe a tesseract which is exactly what we get in um interstellar which is why i love interstellar because in my head canon it's it's in the a wrinkle in time universe Another can of worms on that opening today. But no, that's the first uh, yeah, you see that in like Stranger Things does it. I think Thor yeah. uh Riding Around. Every movie that talks about wormholes uses this exact demonstration. But yeah. this is the first time I ever saw it. So for me, every time I see someone talk about it, it's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's the event horizon thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a tesseract from the a wrinkle in time thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's what Dr. Grant in space told me. Jay, what do you get? Uh, okay. Okay. So, this next movie I have on my list is a film adaptation of the scariest novel I've ever read. Um, I think I still have it. I, I probably still have your copy of it, John, somewhere. Uh, anyway, I, I don't know. Maybe I gave it back at this point in time. I'm not sure. I know you had a copy. So... Let me just say that, that what what if there is a movie out there, a horror sci-fi movie, that 
as the main male protagonist had Tom Sizemore. And as the main female protagonist had Penelope Ann Miller. Uh, which also included a cameo, cameo, I'll say cameo, by James Whitmore. And uh, also included Linda Hunt. If you don't know Linda Hunt, she's the one that looks like, uh, uh, what's her name from uh, um, The Incredibles. Oh, uh, the the one that, that movie's animated, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they look the same to me. Uh, <laughs> okay. Edna Mode. She looks like Edna Mode to me. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, she does. Like if you look up Linda Hunt and Edna Mode, if they but made she, a live action but, Incredibles, they would. I hang on, hang on. But she doesn't voice Edna Ed, Edna Mode. No, it's so she's not in the movie guy. at all. No, but they look alike. Anyway, <laughs> okay, Jay. Yeah. Who designed the creature in this movie? Uh, I don't know, actually. Stan fucking Winston. Okay. So what movie am I talking about? Uh, The Relic from 1997. The Relic. The Relic, directed by Peter Himes. Um, Which is funny, because if you look at his IMDb, the two movies before this were Time Cop. Oh, oh, and then another Jean Claude Van Damme movie. Oh God, the Time Cop. That's a horrible. What's the other one? Oh uh, well, I don't. I can't think. I can't remember right. That's now. already one of the best Jean Claude Van Damme movies. So. Oh God, it's a shitty movie. It's a horrible. No way. Time Cop right. is awesome. Shut your Tom, mouth. Time Cop is a movie that should be like, re- re- erased from the face of the earth. JCVD movies are like Universal Soldier. Yeah. Expendables Two. Time yeah. Cop. Yeah, no, no, Time Cop, horrible. The, uh, the same manner can't occupy the same space. Well, guess what? If I touch myself, I'm still not occupying the fucking same space. Why? Because anyway, Jay, the relic. The Adam. <laughs> so the relic from 1997. And I looked this up. So it had a budget of somewhere between 40 to 60 million. But its box office was only 48. Those numbers don't math. Yeah. So not so hot at the box office. But. <clears throat> Let me explain to you why I love this movie. Okay. One, it takes place pretty much entirely in a museum. Two, you never... Huh? Huh? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you never actually see the creature in full until like the very end of the movie. And the thing... But the thing is, Scott, the the creature in the movie is ever-evolving. So the the premise, let me throw out the premise, Scott. A a scientist from the museum takes a trip to South America where he's fed a elixir that includes some sort of plant that uh, turns him into this creature. And this creature craves uh, a hormone found in the human brain. And so the the people in South America would do this to defeat their enemies. They would pick one tribesman to do this and take out their enemies. Anyway, he makes it back uh, to the the uh, museum. And then murders start happening at the museum, which is where Tom Sizemore's character comes in because he's a detective. Um, and things go from there. Uh, I I love this movie. I love how... It's a like trying to figure it out type thing. 
the whole idea of the genetics, the creature itself. Um, I think it's it now it's not as scary to me, but the first time I saw this, I was probably like, I don't know, 12 or 13 years old, you know, 13, 14 years old. And I was like, dang, this is some creepy ass shit going on. It's a great creature feature. Yeah. Uh, and it's the, the monster itself is, is very much a, I can, a chimera of lots of different stuff. The, the final creature design was done by Stan Winston and the onset effects were done by Stan Winston Studios. Stan Winston, if you don't know, the guy that did Terminator and Aliens and Jurassic Park um, and his studio. Um, so it's a top quality, top notch monster. Um, and if you like creature features, yeah, it's awesome. I've, I feel like there's not a lot of people out there that A, know of this movie, and B, if they know of the movie, have never actually seen it. Um, I will say the book is amazing. Uh, and it did. It scared the crap out of me. The book scared the crap out of me. I couldn't put the book down because I just wanted to keep reading to see what would happen. But at the same time, I'd be reading at night and I'd be like, okay, I think it's time to put the book away and go to sleep. And then I'd just be like laying in bed thinking about what I thought the creature looked like from the book. And um, it's yeah. The book is great. Uh, don't worry about that, Jay. I stole it from my uncle. So, oh, okay. If he doesn't ask for it back by now, because I stole that at like 96, 97. Yeah. Think, think we're in the clear. Um, uh, uncle yeah. Bob, if you're listening, I, I owe you a copy of the relic. My bad. <laughs> I really, He's I do. <laughs> I want to, I want to watch it again. It's been a long time since I've watched it. I really mm. enjoy it. I like the, like I said, I like the sort of detective work of figuring it out. It's like there's it's like a parallel of detective work between the actual detective and um, Penelope Miller's character. I can't remember her name. The doctor uh, figuring stuff out and uh, the the scene where the SWAT team guy gets bit in half is just like, oh, shit. <laughs> so it's OK. Wow. Well, if you like scenes of people being uh, cut in half, Jay. Yeah. Have I got a movie for you? Oh, boy. So the horror genre, one of the things I've come to love about it is horror, like sci-fi, is kind of like you can sprinkle it on anything. Uh, There's horror comedies, horror science fiction. There's even, you know, horror rom-coms. You you can, you know, horror is kind of adaptable. You You can mesh it with lots of different genres. But one genre you don't see meshed with horror often enough, I feel, or at least not done well, um, is horror musicals. Ooh, no musicals should die. Uh, Horror musical now. Horror westerns. Oh, Uh, sure. You get your occasional uh, um, uh, from *Dust Till Dawn* three. Uh, and and yeah, one pops up usually kind of yeah, Tremors four. They're always kind of lower budget. Um, and this movie's low budget too, but this movie did a lot with his budget. Uh, this movie stars Kurt Russell, Patrick Wilson, Matthew Fox, David Arquette, and Sid Haig, among others. Um, it is a story of a, a small town sheriff, uh, some some ne'er-do-well savages come in and kidnap a bunch of people from their town. So the sheriff, played by Kurt Russell, puts together a posse to go rescue their people. 
very standard Western plot, right? Uh, this movie, when I tell you, not since From Dust Till Dawn have I seen a movie switch so hard. Uh, okay, like Audition and, and, and From Dust Till Dawn have I seen a movie just completely left turn so hard. As with the movie Bone Tomahawk from 2015. Oh, I think I've seen this. It starts out, again, very paint-by-numbers Western. You see the town, you see the town's folk and what they're up to, and Patrick Wilson's wife is pregnant, and he broke his leg. And then, and then meanwhile, there's this B-plot of David Arquette and some people have ripped off a gravesite, and they're being stalked after by the people whose gravesite they have desecrated, uh, which then leads them back to this town. Uh, but when they finally catch up with these um, I don't want to give the whole plot away, but they, they turn out to be inbred cannibal natives. Um, and uh, when we find out what they do with people, uh, this movie gets very graphic and very violent very quickly. Um, some of the best gore and some of the best like, holy shit moments I think I've ever had in a movie is from Bone Tomahawk. Um, does a lot with a little bit of a budget. Uh, again, great cast. It's a really cool mashup of uh, westerns and horror movies, two genres you don't see mixed together very often, but I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It went under a lot of radars. Um, I didn't see it till it had a small theatrical run. I didn't see it till it was out on uh, on video. And I apologize. It's it's the only one I don't have currently in my collection because I did bring visual aids this week. I just forgot I had them. What uh, is it streaming anywhere or anything? I have no idea. Probably somewhere. Okay. Bone Tomahawk from 2015. Wicked sounds thing. intriguing. We can take a look real quick. I mean, it's not not hard to find out, you know. Um, I'm I'm curious. Uh, really, really. Um, so it looks like currently it's streaming on Roku, Hoopla, Tubi, and Pluto. There you go. Um, so I'm 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 looking at this IMDb page, and you know it's mm-hmm. got the uh, IMDb. You got like the, the 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 poster, and then you've got like a video thing that gives you like clips from the movie or whatever. Uh-huh. Is this the one where they're going after somebody and they have to go into a cave at some point? Uh huh. Okay. Yes, I have seen this. This this, this was really good. Yeah. They completely cut a dude in half from the legs down. Ring a bell? No. Okay. It should. I remember them having the Were you on your phone when that happened? Because holy shit, Scott. That is seared into my memory. I just remember them being like like having to fight their way into the cave. They they do in fact have to do that. Yeah. Oh. And it, it, this 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 whole thing was it, it was because it starts out like a, kind of a standard kind of a Western, right? And then yeah. when the main plot hits, it just fucking goes off the rails into weird shit, weird down. Yep. Yeah. This is a good movie. I remember this. I, was, I said all that like five I know, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Leave me alone. So, so a movie just came across my feed recently. I don't yeah. know if you... I figured out that. this whole movie. Yeah, have y'all ever heard of this movie called Bone Tomahawk? Bone Tomahawk. Apparently, it starts out like a normal Western, and then shit goes off the rails pretty shit fast. Shit goes off the rails completely, yeah. Wow. I wish somebody had this that movie. Early. Yeah. Leave me alone. That reminds me of another movie I've seen. Bone Tomahawk. Have you ever <laughs> seen it? Never heard of it. 
Damn it. Leave me alone. <laughs> not uh, my fault. I'm trying to remember if I've ever actually seen this movie or not. Scott, I think we're back to you, bud. You're back to me. I believe. That's just a horrible thing to do. I can. I got three more to go. I can jump back if you want me to. No, I've, I've got one here. That, okay. that, so... This is a movie, and, and, and I recommend this movie only because of the way this movie ends. And I know I've seen the movie, but I can't remember a lot of the beginning of the movie. I just remember the way it ends. Okay. You know? And and, and I know you've seen it. I know everybody's okay. seen it, but, but I feel like it gets, like, no one talks about it or anything. But, um, uh, uh, hang on, I'm trying to get back up to the year here. Planet uh, of the Apes. Uh, no. Uh, the Mist from 2007, Thomas Jane. You only <laughs> remember the ending? I only really remember the I mean, ending. That's the only thing that sticks to me. I mean... I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. But like, it was the only thing I really, like... Um, uh, that's what sticks with me. Like, the rest of it, yeah, I get it. It's all good. It's, it's, it's this freak storm comes up, and you have... Well, uh, this big fog mist thing encompasses everybody, and you have a bunch of survivors in like a supermarket or or something, and literally it's survival. And it's something is in the mist. Something is in the mist. Yeah, and we can't, you know, and we're we're holed up in this this uh, this supermarket. We're trying to survive. Things keep trying to get in. I mean, it's got a great cast. I mean, a beautiful cast. Thomas Jane. Uh, Laura Holden, Toby Jones, Jeffrey DeMoon, William Sadler, Frances Sternhagen, which I don't know her actress name, but I know her face. Like I've seen her in like a bunch of shit uh, and stuff. Uh, uh, and and I'm, I I don't know. I can't even really just just go with everybody here. But, you can stop at Thomas Jane. That's all you need. Uh, yeah. And like, you know, you, you've got this. I'm not a big fan of creature features. Right. Because one of my big tropes in, 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 in monster movies is they never showed the monster. And literally this entire thing is, is all the monsters are kind of hidden behind mist and stuff. So when I first watched this movie, uh, I, I forget how I came across it, but I, I, I did not come into the beginning. I have never seen this movie from the beginning. I came into this movie about right at the end of Act One. They were They were already, you know, entrenched in the supermarket and... Why do I have fire on my screen? That's weird. Stay on topic. Um, but uh, so you know they they were they were already entrenched in the supermarket and they were trying to fortify themselves and and the monsters are trying to get in any way they can and you get the, the the great scene of all the 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 flying big wasp things that just break through the the plate glass window the front of the storefront uh, and every everything and I'm like oh okay yeah I'm watching it and I'm like yeah this is this is great it's all right and everything i'm doing my thing and 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 we get to the end of the movie that ending sequence like that whole thing and you go through that i mean it is a fucking emotional roller coaster in the entire end of that third act like right and then the very end like like that that it's like holy shit because it does not end anywhere near the way you think that movie is going to end and that movie is a gold mine of movie making and and horror and just emotional fuck all and shit. It is it is one of three I believe three 
Stephen King short stories adapted for the screen by um, shit. I forgot the director's name now. Um, uh, he also Frank, did Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, Frank Darabont. Yes, thank you, Frank Darabont. Uh, that are all Shawshank. This one, and yeah, he has a. Uh, I think he did uh, Green Mile. I think was him. Uh, he's the only person who can adapt Stephen King and 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 make it watchable. Him well, and the guy that did it, it, it Chapter One. Yeah, I mean, like like Stephen King himself has praised this movie. Like he's like because it has an ending. Yeah, and and apparently good like, one. Like Frank Frank Darabont only took this job on the caveat that they stayed with this ending. That was his whole thing, and because this is the kind of ending that a studio would in a heartbeat drop. This is this this is why I hate the internet. Okay. Is because I've always wanted to watch this movie, uh-huh. but I know how it ends. Uh, watch like, it anyway. Watch it anyway. Even, I do want to. Even if you know how it ends, the performances given at that ending make it. It doesn't matter if you know what's coming; it'll still have the same impact. Yeah. There is a black and white cut of the movie. Really? Um, yeah. So the, the whole story in the whole movie is is sort of a send up of like old 1950s sci fi horror movies, kind of. Um, so like, you know, the things in the mist are kind of throwback to that, like, you know, the tentacle yeah. crazy monster stuff. So they did a cut when it came out on Blu-ray or DVD. Uh, it wasn't in theaters. It was it was a later release that's in black and white um, to kind of give it more of that vibe. Um, so if you've seen it in color, try it in black and white. If you haven't seen it for a while, try it down the black and white version. See how it holds up. But yeah, uh, dude, great pick. Yeah, love the mist. Uh, Not to be confused with the fog, because those are two different movies. They yes. both have remakes, and mm, yeah, yeah, they don't have remakes. Sorry, yeah. sorry. The okay. fog has a remake that came out around the same time as the mist. Don't get him confused. Um. But yeah, and it's it's one of those when you when you talk when you when you come to horror films, like no one really talks about it. It doesn't doesn't really get brought up a lot. And I don't know why, because it's beautiful. You know, and I need to get a copy of it because I, I would like to see it from the beginning again sometime. So try anyway, it in black and white. I will definitely see now you've got me curious. I'm gonna go see if I can find that. Jay while well, he's shopping on Amazon. So you mentioned something, and I was like, oh, shit. So I don't know if it's on your list, but it's on my list. And let me let me start this story with, it's October. I'm in college. I took a lot of film classes in college. It's October, and we're in college. Our film, she wasn't a professor. She was like an associate professor, so she was like working on her doctorate, but she was teaching classes. And like, or she was a grad student anyway. So she goes, okay, for Halloween, we're going to watch this movie. And she said, it's kind of an intense movie. The first like half of it, it's not super intense, but it gets really intense. And then she said, uh, if you feel the need to leave during this movie, feel free to get up and walk out. So there's probably like 20 to 30 of us in this class. And by the end of the film, there was, I think, 10 of us sitting there. And I just remember sitting in my desk because it's like 
the the room we were watching the movie in was like old school, like high school type desks with the chair. The desk is attached to the chair. I just remember I was grabbing the front of my desk, like white knuckled, clenched, mouth wide open, going, "What the fuck are we watching?" But I stayed until the end. Was was it South Park? Bigger, longer, and uncut. It was yes. Okay. Um, and. What made me stay was I had heard of this movie. I had seen something about this movie somewhere, like, again, on the Internet. And I was like, okay, I need to watch it. And I, the first thing I did is I called my oldest brother, Brian, because he also had um, heard of this movie. And we both were like, I need to watch it. Um, so the movie I'm talking about from 1999 from Japan is Audition. Audition? Oh now, my god. We will not be spoiling anything of this movie if you've never heard of this movie. Now, first of all, among horror fans, this movie is legend. To to the lay non-horror inducted person, you've probably never heard of it. But I, I wanted I have a very similar story. In my Japanese film study course in college, this we, we watched many, many a film. Um this was one of two times the teacher, before we started the film, checked the hallway to see if anybody was outside and closed and locked the door before he started this movie. And then he left. And half of the class, probably more than like three-fourths of us, all legitimately thought he'd put in the wrong movie for the first 30 to 40 minutes of this movie. We're like, yeah. um, you know, the case says audition. I'm pretty. Is, is there are there two different movies called Audition? I don't know. This is pre-smartphone, so it's like uh, I'm pretty sure we're watching the wrong movie. And then the ending happens, and you go, "Oh fuck!" Now I know why he locked the door. Uh, yep. For the record, the other time he locked the door was during a presentation about hentai. So, so audition. We're talking about 1999, right? Yes. Am I Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think I'm. I would not consider myself, you know, like like horror uneducated, right? I've right. never heard of this movie. I don't really think about this movie. Good, Filthy casual. Find it, watch it. I am. I'm. I know Joe Bob did this on uh, one of his seasons. I don't know if it's still on Shutter or not. Well, I will go look. I, I'm not gonna. I don't want to get into details about this movie. It's, it's not. It's not terrifying in the terrifying horror sense, but it is horror. Yep, it's horror. So, just so you know, you're watching the right movie. The 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 premise, the setup to this, is a guy and his son and his buddy, and they work in in the movie business. And his wife has passed away within a few years, and his best friend and his son decide dad needs to find a new girlfriend. So they set this whole thing up to find dad a new girlfriend by holding a, a fake audition. They're auditioning for a part, but really they're auditioning for they're looking for, for a girlfriend for dad. And then they find a girl and things go from there. And that's all I'm going to say. So if that's what you're watching, you are watching the correct movie. It will start out like a freaking Japanese rom-com. You're watching the right movie. I like when I say white knuckles grabbing the edge of my desk leaning forward with my mouth wide open i'm not lying 
Like, I watched so many people just leave the room. Just kept leaving the room. Just kept leaving the room. One after another. Yeah, no, great pick. If, you, if you've if you not seen it, um, there's a reason it has the reputation it does. Yep. Yes. It is, it is earned. Oof. I'm getting, the hippie, I'm getting the hippie jibbies just thinking about it. Okay, let me let me unhibby jibby you. Okay. Unlike some people, I don't want to name names or point fingers or make anybody feel called out. Scott, I love a good creature feature. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the next one I want to recommend is is recent. Uh, it's from 2021. It came out. It had kind of a good opening, and then just dropped off the face of the planet. Uh, but it is one of the coolest, creepiest creature features I've seen in a long time. It is called Antlers. Oh yeah, I I wanted to see this, but I never did. So it's got it's got Carrie Russell and Jesse Plemons um, are the only cast members I know. Produced by Guillermo del Toro. The plot is again without spoiling anything. Carrie Russell plays a teacher in her class as a student who she, she notices is coming to school. Uh, his, his clothes are dirty. He's dirty. He seems like he hasn't eaten. She she takes a she's a concerned teacher about his well being. So she follows him home one uh, or, or watches him leave school one day and notices him picking up a dead animal, sticking his backpack and walking home with it. And she kind of crosses that line of I'm going to follow this kid home and see what the hell's going on. And the horror of this movie kicks in, not because there's a little kid walking around beating animals to death with a hammer. But the horror kicks in when you realize he's doing it to feed the thing in the attic. I won't say what that is. Uh, it's a playoff of um, uh, Native American folklore, specifically Wendigo folklore. And no, I don't mean a big, hairy, Sasquatch guy. That's not what a Wendigo is. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not that. It's not X-Men Wendigo. Um, it is, it is some of the, the creepiest, grossest, uh, 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 creature feature stuff I've seen in a long time, but it also has a heart. The story has heart to it. You genuinely care going into the third act when shit hits the fan, you genuinely, genuinely care about what happens to these people. Um, I love this movie. Uh, I recommended it to everybody. I went out and bought a copy. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. I'm sure it's streaming out there somewhere. Um, but antlers from 2021. Great movie. Never even heard of it. I have. The previews looked scary. Did you watch it? No, I haven't watched it yet. I want to. I just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, I see. My wife doesn't like scary movies, so it's hard to watch scary movies because yeah, she doesn't. yeah. My 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 wife doesn't care for for scary. Put, movies. put it in audition. Tell her it's a rom com. Oh no! See what happens. <laughs> you want me to get divorced? Because that's how I get divorced. I, I want you to set up a camera on her first so I can see her reaction. She would pull out a gun and shoot me right there on the spot. So. I'm still uh, trying to find uh, if and where Joe Bob did did the audition. I know he did it. I can't. I don't know if it's still on Shutter or not. Yeah, I'm, the I'm stuff even, gets pulled down all the time. Yeah, I know, and, and I, I I even looked through the just Joe Bob stuff, and I couldn't find it under just Joe Bob. So. Really interesting. Yeah, I don't um, know that here. Scott, you got another one? 
I do not actually. That was those are I, I had three going in, and that was that was my three. I mean, if you give me forty five, fifty minutes, I could probably come up with something else because there's a lot out there and stuff. Ah. So let's just sit here in silence for the next half an hour to forty five oh. minutes while I think of something. Is that okay? I, Is that acceptable? Do we want to do that? Um, I just have one more. Okay, go ahead. So, John, I don't know how many you have left, but I have one more. Eighty five. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, so my last pick for under the radar or underappreciated or lesser known scary movies. I would not be doing my home state a service if I did not include on the list a horror movie set in my home state of Iowa. So the movie I'm referring to came out in 2010. Is it, uh, is, is it is it where a, a dairy farm has a stampede? Yes. Okay. Uh, directed by Brock Eisner. So, you know, if you had a good fun time in, uh, uh, what did he do? Um, Sahara, you know, you'll have a good fun time in this one. Uh, it stars Timothy Oliphant and, uh, and Rada Mitchell. And also uh, Danielle Panabaker is in this movie. So again, from 2010, what I'm talking about is the movie The Crazies. The Crazies. The Crazies. It's a remake. Uh, I'll admit that that title sounds familiar to me. So you probably would have seen the preview. It it leaned heavily into the scene of the the in the preview a guy walking down a hallway dragging a bloody pitchfork and like the tines dragging on the tile floor, leaving like a trail of blood. That was a, does that ring a bell, Scott? It does not. Not at oh, all. Okay. Uh, so basically the, the, again, without giving away too much, the plot, the premise is uh, a government airplane crashes into a lake or a river basically the water supply of this small town in Iowa. And uh, it's the only water source for the town. And, you know, government plane leaks out whatever contents it had in it. And the townspeople who were drinking the water start going crazy. So, So what you're saying is that Iowa is so wholesome, they have to import evil. Yes. Like, it has to come in from somewhere out of state. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so the whole the whole film is this, you know, the whole idea is that the sheriff, the small town sheriff, the cop, Timothy Oliphant, is trying to figure out uh, what's going on and then also get out of there with um, his wife or whole family. I can't remember exactly. It's been a while since I've seen it. I see um, it has Caitlin from The Flash in it, you know. That would be Daniel Pennebaker. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I I liked that. So that I looked up numbers on this one as well. Budget of twenty million, box office fifty four point eight. So uh, didn't do so hot. I mean, it made back what it it had in its budget. Um, but I think it flies under the radar because I don't think too many people were too keen on. Oh, it's a horror movie that takes place in Iowa. But uh, I think it's got 
good scenes to it. I like the story. I like the plot. Um, and being from Iowa, I really enjoy the the cameos from the KCRG news team. <laughs> um, they're out of Cedar Rapids. But that's what I grew up watching the news was KCRG out of Cedar Rapids. So, but yeah, the crazies. Sounds like fun. Pretty sure, John, you've seen this, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I was little, so the, the original uh, came out in 73 from George Romero. For some reason, I thought it was a Carpenter movie, but no, it's a George Romero movie that this is a remake of. So, yeah, yeah. I've never actually seen the original, so. It's very 70s. Speaking does of, it, does Romero, it also take place in Iowa? I believe so. Speaking of Romero, isn't his last quote, quote, unquote, last movie supposed to be coming out here soon? Mm-hmm. I swear. You call me a cat. He's Romero. I thought he would just keep making movies when he's undead. <laughs> Zombie director. <laughs> Uh, take, director of the dead yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, take two no <laughs> laugh itself. Uh, faster more intense romero want brains take <laughs> five for lunch <sighs> okay i've got two more to to run through um first is one scott if you haven't seen this or heard of it uh, you need to it is sort of like Assault on Precinct 13, but Lovecraft. Okay. Uh, from 2016, the movie is called The Void. The Void. The Void. So, uh, so the, the basic plot is there's, there's, a, there's a sheriff's deputy out. He finds a guy running in the middle of the road who passes out. So he grabs him and takes him to a hospital. The hospital is uh, a skeleton crew at night. Um, they, they try to get this guy taken care of. And, and when the cop goes to leave the hospital to go back to, you know, resume his duty, he discovers the entire hospital has been surrounded and cut off by people, uh, in a crazy weird cult, uh, with, uh, white cloaks with big triangles on the head, the face, uh, and they won't let anybody leave. And what's even scarier is, uh, what's inside the hospital specifically in the basement of the hospital. I won't say what, I'll just say this thing gets Lovecraftian as fuck, uh, and it does not hold back. It does not play coy. It is not one of those, we'll tease it and tease it and tease it and then give you one shot of a, a you know, elder god, whatever, crazy Lovecraftian monster at the very end of the movie. No, it hits with the Lovecraft shit about 20 minutes in, and it does not take its foot off the gas. Uh, so it's an independent production from Canada. Um, it has got some of the coolest uh practical effects i've seen in a long time um it's 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 just it's yeah i I, i'm i'm looking at like previews and scenes and stuff now i've never heard of this uh i i love the poster yeah a lot of the the symbolism and stuff was meant to be open-ended uh so if you're wondering oh what does that mean uh the directors weren't sure either they just thought it looked cool and we're gonna put it in uh they've, they've gone on record like so what's the symbolism behind the triangle that the cult uses like i don't know we thought it looked good <laughs> like it's it's meant to be you read into it what you want to read into it um so yeah this movie has it, it's it's shot beautifully uh, on a very low budget uh cast does a good job of what they're given to do um it, it's it is that 
tense again kind of survival horror um you think you again you, you think the terror is oh no we're being trapped in by a cult and then stuff starts coming up from the basement you're like oh no <laughs> uh, there's worse um it's it's great it's one of those movies i, I think i saw it on shutter originally and then liked it so much i went out to go buy a copy of it because i was like i need to own this this is awesome um that that perfect blend of overwhelming odds but but we're gonna fight through it um yeah movie movie i like yeah i think i think like resident evil 2 but but lovecraft not zombies it'll be kind of in the ballpark i i would love to see this this is this sounds like right in my wheelhouse it's a great movie uh I didn't. I need to watch it again because last time I watched it, I, I had only dipped a toe into Lovecraft. I need to watch it again, see if I pick up on more. But um, yeah, well, The Void from 2016. Well, now that you're a Call of Cthulhu veteran, you know, player mm-hmm. and stuff. So. Not to be confused with The Noid, which is a whole different movie. The he's Noid. there to make your he's he's there to make your pizza cold. Yeah, it's a different kind of horror. Oh, The Noid. The Noid. I I remember the Noid. I I miss the Noid. We need the Noid back. That's what we, we need the Noid as a horror movie. We do. <laughs> he's not killing people. He's out stalking yeah. pizza delivery. He's not to hurt the drivers, just to hurt yeah. the pizza. Just to hurt the pizza. Just to make it cold. Make it cold. Pick your toppings off. Put wrong toppings on it. Smash your box in. Yeah. Damn Noid. I've got one more. Jay, you got anything else in the tank? No, I'm dry. Okay. Completely out of ammo. This has never happened to me before. Uh, okay, this next one is, I believe, the first movie I discovered on Shutter. Um, might be pre-Shutter. Um, it's one that the premise sounded interesting. I started watching it, and the longer this movie got on, it, it starts out very kind of slow burn, and by the end, this movie is like balls to the wall. Um, it's got some of the most simultaneously beautiful and creepy imagery i've seen in a long time um it's the hallow h-a-l-l-o-w from 2015 uh the basic premise is a family from england relocates to ireland the husband works for the forestry forestry department He's out basically tagging and studying trees, this forest that a, a logging company is uh, in the process of, of about to start cutting for, for lumber. Wait, um, the trees turn homicidal. No. Oh. Um, uh, so it's shot on location in Ireland, and it's gorgeous. The scenery is gorgeous. Uh, but at the same time, those forests that are all you know overrun with moss and, and vines and things that are gorgeous in the daylight turn creepy as fuck at night um when they get to their house which is this beautiful like two-story old school farmhouse uh kind of out surrounded by the woods um it's a gorgeous house but they get there and there are iron bars on all the windows and doors to which the wife thinks that looks hideous take those down whoops you soon discover why they were there um it is a crazy horror bend on fairy tale mythology um some of the not jump scares but some of the creepiest things i've seen in a long time some of the biggest scares i've seen in a long time there's there's a sequence where they're running from this these things uh that are in the woods and the car stalls out and we're trying to get the car running again and and 
uh, when you think you're, you're, you're on edge because you know there's a jump scare coming, and when you think it's about to pop up, they zig when you think they're going to zag, and it's, uh, it's, it's, a, God, it's a great scene, great shot. Um, I don't want to give a whole lot of it away, but the, the director, um, Corin Hardy, I can't read my own handwriting now. I apologize. Um, he went on Laurel, to direct. Laurel and Hardy? No, no, that's two different people. No. Oh. That's him. Two seconds while I do my research on air. John. I know. Of all the people that should be researched. I, know. I couldn't. I can't read my own damn handwriting. Jeez. So what happens when you take notes hastily? Yeah, Corin Hardy. Uh, he would go on to direct a little movie called The Nun, Scott. Oh, it's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. We should go um, watch this. Let's, let's watch that collectively after we did that. We need to go show. watch The Nun 2. Well, we need to see The Nun before we go watch The Nun 2. Okay. Uh, anyway, The Hallow. H-A-L-L-O-W. No S. Hallow, not Hallows. Um, it is a great movie. It's also got one of those, like, you think it's over. You think maybe we're out of the woods. And then the movie keeps going. And you're like, oh, shit one of those kind of open-ended creepy uh maybe we didn't really win kind of ending kind of things uh it's great it's great it, it is it is wonderful uh when it started i was kind of like okay this is going to be one of those slow burn kind of artsy movies okay and then maybe 15 20 minutes in shit starts going weird and i'm like oh okay i'm hooked movie i'm in let's do this let's go uh yeah. it's great it's great uh, can't recommend it enough you know another movie recently came across my feed that Starts out like a standard Western, mm-hmm. but then the shit hits the fan and kind of goes off the rails. Oh, really? That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's called it's called the Bone Hatchet. No, oh, Bone Bone Tomahawk. Tom Tom Hardy's Bone is the name. Bonerhawk. Bone, You're watching Boner, the wrong movie again. Boner Hardy. Yeah, no, this is horror movies, not. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you're watching the wrong genre, but. My bad. Um, my bad. I'm sorry. I will have to clear my search history before I go back to school. Why start now? <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Uh, there's our picks for spooky movies you should give a shot this spooky season. Um, stuff that maybe flew under your radar or you've never even heard of. Or maybe you haven't watched in a while. And you're like, I think I kind of remember that movie. Uh, we're saying it's worth a rewatch if you haven't seen it in a while. Um, do you have any recommendations for us? Movies you think we should watch? Movies you want to hear us talk about? Let us know in the comments. Um, otherwise, this has been your weekly Nerd Alert.